you've said very often in this book, series, podcast, what have you, that it's not always clear what an employer brander does, especially if you don't do it every day. Though, frankly, even to people who do it every day, some of them, I don't know if they're completely sure of all the things they could be doing. But what makes someone great at their job? Now, we, we talked last time about those three hats, and I mentioned that some people have great political skills, and that's what makes them a great employer brand professional. That's not the only way you can be great at what you do. In fact, I'm going to take two steps back and really talk about the value employer brand brings to a business. What is the vision we should have when it comes to apply, creating value within the company? That's what we're going to talk about when we get back. Hey, everybody. James Ellis here. Welcome to the Talent Cast. It is season two, so it is the podcast version of the audiobook update of Talent Chooses You, brought to you by RecruitmentMarketing.com. RecruitmentMarketing.com is the community for recruitment marketing professionals. Go check them out. I think if I'm timing this right, the last Ask Me Anything is about to happen in like a day or in a couple of days. So go sign up. Go to RecruitmentMarketing.com. Sign up for the Ask Me Anything and Ask Me Anything. Of course, I've got a newsletter, Employer Brand Headlines. Just go to employerbrandheadlines.substack.com. If you sign up, I will give you a free ebook, 105 things that are free or almost free, that will help you activate your employer brand. You've got a great EVP. How do you make it sing? Well, here's a whole bunch of ideas to help you out. Go sign up to employerbrandheadlines.substack.com and you'll get the ebook for free. All right, let's talk about values. What makes a great employer brand professional? Now, the broadest vision is that employer branding is how we fix a broken recruiting system. That's been the, the thesis underlying the entire book. This is the lever we use to reinvent how we see, connect, and engage with people who are going to make our business grow. It's, it's the why we offer a candidate, which attracts the right people to jobs where they're going to be happy and satisfied and productive. This shift in perspective leads to better collaboration with all the parts of the business. It helps you build better systems that give prospective candidates more than they expected, ultimately helping us and all of us find the right talent faster. So there are five values that underpin all that. First, we grow businesses. We believe that our goal is to grow the business. When people have better fitting roles within a company that they're happy and they're more productive, they grow businesses. Please note that this is different than what you usually hear about employer branding helping recruiting or helping marketing. This is a bigger perspective and one we don't always see every day but is truly critical to what we do, right? If we don't do our job, it makes the business grow slower and less effectively. Next value, we approach talent differently. We believe that the various technological and social changes happening around the world give us the chance to completely reinvent how companies think about talent. So therefore, we're the first to ask, well, what should it be? Not, what was it? This is our chance. This is, we are the lever by which we change how talent happens in business. Next value is we collaborate. We believe an employer brand is the place where recruiting and HR and business and marketing and comms overlap successfully. We don't own it, we support it. We fertilize it, we, you know, we activate it, we drive it, we do our part, but in the end, what our work does is help others collaborate. Fourth value is we focus. We believe a great employer brand is strong and clear, attracting people whose values and motivations align with those of the company. This isn't the same as having a brand everyone wants to work for. 
It's helping create focus. Last value, we revolutionize. We believe that this change, this employer brand shift, doesn't happen incrementally. It only happens when you see the big picture and you use your employer brand as the glue that connects the business to the recruiting, to marketing, to HR. We are making change. Now these values lead to, well, the first iteration of the employer brand manifesto. And after I read this, I'm gonna give you the most recent version because there's some big shifts, there are big changes here. So the concept of employer brand obviously isn't that new. It was invented by Simon Burroughs in London in the 1990s. It's got a long history in, in UK and Europe. But the concept of employer branding predates the internet and a lot of the cultural and structural changes that support this book. So I wanted to try and bring the old school and the new school models together under a single umbrella to support a shared sense of community because employer brand is, well, let's be fair, it's a strange job. So if this book has sparked your interest in getting serious into employer brand, this manifesto provides the insight into what kind of challenges we face every single day. First, the future has already happened. Technology, society, and business changes means that someone who's talented has way more options than ever to make a living, right? It's the whole war for talent, gig economy, remote work, side hustles, what have you. Everybody has been talking about, well, in the future, well, no. And honestly, I wrote this before COVID, so COVID just turned the volume way up on these changes. The future isn't tomorrow. The future's already happened. We're just catching up. The next, it's not just the paycheck. These options that we are offering candidates, that all everyone is offering candidates, are not just about extracting maximum compensation from a company, but about building their own optimal lifestyle based on personal and holistic approaches to what motivates them. We talked about motivations. We talked about if you care about status, you will give up some money to get twice as much status. It's about, our job is about knowing that while many people in the company focus on the number on the paycheck, we see a bigger picture. The next, the brand overrules the role. Having the perfect role on offer is simply not enough. If the candidate doesn't know or doesn't like the brand, the opportunity doesn't exist effectively in the minds of them. Next, what worked before won't. The most sought after talent that you care about doesn't spend their time on job boards. I mean, why would they? They're actively employed in most cases. They're already being reached out to by headhunters and recruiters on a regular basis. The talent that you want already knows what employers to talk to when they're ready to make a move. Job boards are a tiny little part of the solution. Focusing on it is not going to get you where you want to go. Next, earn the awareness before you need it. The best way to attract talent is to be on their mind, to be on their radar long before they start looking for a new job. This is the shift from hunting and gathering talent to farming talent. It's a longer tail, it requires a longer lead cycle, but it's so much more predictable and it works much better. Next, give talent what they want. Posting jobs won't get you on the list of someone who isn't looking for a job. Why? Because they're not looking for a job when they're not on job boards. We just talked about that. But you can spark a connection through sharing something of meaningful value to that person. It could be emotional, it could be informational, it could be inspirational. But sharing a job to someone not looking for a job will not work. Next, think about focus, not expansion. Employer brand creates faster and more effective matches. 
It helps talent understand what it's really like to work for your company while providing ways for recruiting to focus on delivering a personalized candidate experience, one that highlights what truly matters to the candidate. This is in opposition to what most companies do when they think we need to come up with new stories and new ideas and new reasons and new tools, more and more and more. We need bigger and messier and casting a wider net. Employer brand says think focus, not expansion. Next, the brand comes from within. Your employer brand isn't a veneer. It's not a coat of paint. It starts on the inside as a core culture that is reinforced by the people who are hired, who stick around. Once distilled properly, it can be communicated outward, attracting talent who not just apply, but want to learn more. And as these people onboard, they augment the culture. They support and reinforce the culture, making the employer brand a system to be managed, not a button to be pushed. Next, the brand is bigger than you. Employer brand impressions, the raw materials that build the employer brand perception, come from all over. They come from staff, former staff, marketing, comms, internal politics, previous candidates, consumer interactions, all sorts of things. We have to see all of those sources as one integrated picture and not just focus on the ones that fill the top of the funnel, not just the ones that we have direct access to. We have to see them all. Next, influence the whole system. Despite being responsible for the brand, the employer brand professional doesn't directly control all the internal and external inputs that create the candidate's brand impression. Our job is to influence every part of the business towards aligning to the brand to enhance the system, but there's no control here. It's a team sport where the team only wins when the team works together. Finally, think mindset, not tool set. Employer branding thinking is a mindset that permeates an entire business at every level in every team. It's a different perspective that sees, connects, and influences all aspects of the business and all available tools to attract and hire great talent that drives profitable business solutions. Buying new tools doesn't get you there. Having a different mindset absolutely does. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. So, I wrote that in 2018 originally. I revised this this year, 2022. Yeah, earlier this year. So let's dive into the updated version of the employer brand manifesto. So the thinking here is that employer branding isn't the new kid in town anymore. After hype and promise, we're in danger of being relegated to a party trick that talent acquisition does when it runs out of ideas. You know, when all else fails, get yourself some EB. But you and I know that employer brand is magic. It's the catalyst for changing the way companies think about their people. So let's pick pick 10 ideas that are going to carry us forward. Let's hold them high for the world to see. That's how we're going to ensure that we reach our own potential within businesses. First, clarity. All businesses start by seeing reality for what it is rather than pretending are things the way you want them to be. This is no less true in employer branding. We can't pretend tweaking some job posting or launching some TikToks is evolving our brand. 
If we want to make a real change, we need to see what's real. We need to see what's working, what's not, what our limitations and constraints are, and where the resources might be. Two, insight. Successful employer branding requires an insight. What makes your company unique? What is something that only you know about, that the audience wants? What do you offer that everyone's going to demand next month, not necessarily today? What is the thing that annoys your audience the most? Get into an insight, a thing that is not obvious, but is incredibly powerful. Because without insight, we're selling soap, right? That's not what we're doing here. We're trying to start with an insight. Three, ownership. We have to take ownership of the outcome, even when other people impact the outcome. And that might require building something bulletproof instead of elegant, or working twice as hard to get your audience to get it, but saying it was out of my hands, it's not an excuse anymore. We have to know that it's not on us. There are a lot of people involved in this. We can't pretend that it was a surprise. We have to plan for it. Four, selection. Define your own outcome, define your own means. Pick your partners. Choose the means of your own success or your own destruction. Whether it's TikTok or billboards or in-person events, there's no right answer except the choice you make. Reject what was given to you and be intentional about how you will make this work. Take some agency. Drive. Make decisions. Push it forward. Own it. That's how you're going to win. Five, audience. Define and know your audience. Know them better than anybody else. You can't know everyone, obviously, but pick an audience you want to care about. Seek to know what they want, what they care about, what they see from other companies, what they see inside the industry, what the macro trends are. And when it comes to jobs, do what you can to know them better than they know themselves. Six, fail. Be willing to fail in the service of learning something unique, surprising, inspiring, secret, or just plain useful. Failure is inevitable if you're pushing hard enough. If you're not failing, you're not pushing hard enough. So pick the places you think you'll probably fail. Be smart about it. Don't take risks because you're lazy. Take a risk with a specific intention of learning something you wouldn't otherwise be able to know. This is going to encourage you to take better, more useful risks. Create experiments that make you better. Think of the entire company as your lab. Use it. Seven, diligence. Take advantage of any and every way to do something that no other company would ever consider or ever accept. We make a difference most often in the small projects we select rather than the big ones because everybody knows what the big ones are supposed to be. Everybody sees it in other companies, so they have an expectation of how it's supposed to be done, right? Focus on smaller projects. That way you always have a dozen or four dozen projects going on at the same time. That workload is no excuse for simply coloring with inside the lines. What's going to make your work great are the ways in which your work isn't like anybody else's. Take those chances. Take those risks, but be diligent about it. It requires focus, effort, and, and, and diligence. Eight, change. Incrementalism leads slowly and inevitably to the middle. Doing things the way everybody else does them and obeying the best practice is the best and safest path to obsolescence. Change the goal, change the tactic, change the strategy, change yourself, because change is the only path to doing amazing work. If you don't change, where's the great work going to come from? It wasn't already there, so you have to change to make it happen. Nine, defy. 
blow up the standard for which people expect from employer branding. I mean, really, if you wait for others to tell you what you can do, what you can be, you're going to wait a very long time for anything interesting or useful. It is 100% on you to set your own bar high enough that others will see it. Don't let anybody tell you what this job is supposed to be. Don't let me tell you what this job is supposed to be. Think about what you want it to be. Finally, 10, accept. This is hard work. In fact, what you're going to do isn't always going to work. Every day we extend and strengthen the brand in completely new ways with no guarantee. So we work hard to give the brand its best chance to succeed. You're not here to carry the water or take somebody's orders. You're here to make art in service of the company, the employees, and the candidates. All right. It's a nice inspirational kind of note to end on. Next week. <laughs> Next week. Final thoughts. Final thoughts, the last official chapter of the book. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thanks so much for recruitmentmarketing.com for making all this possible. See you next week. Bye. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analysts at Lashifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics and hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts.